This is Wellness Wednesday from The Current. It's Wellness Wednesday on The Current. My name is Sean McPherson. I'm filling in for Jill this morning, and we got Timothy Church on the line. He's a professor in the Division of Environmental Health Sciences of the University of Minnesota School of Public Health and a Masonic Cancer Center member. Now, we're going to be talking to Professor Church about cancer prevention, especially in the light of a recent New York Times report about a lot of people skipping their normal cancer screenings. So, uh, Timothy Church, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Now, a lot of us get to an age where cancer screenings become a routine part of our life, perhaps on an annual basis. In general, what is the logic behind cancer screenings and how do they work? Okay, well, a little background. Uh, First of all, we expect about 2 million cases in the U.S. in 2021 uh, and over 600,000 deaths from cancer. So screening and prevention are extremely important. The University of Minnesota has been a world leader in researching and promoting cancer screening. Uh, We've been doing that for about five decades. Uh, We started with a colon cancer control study in 1974, which showed that uh, using fecal occult blood screening, Uh, could reduce colorectal cancer mortality by about a third and reduce its incidence by about a fifth, the incidence meaning the number of diagnoses. Uh, So this was the first indication that you could screen for colorectal cancer and prevent uh, death and suffering. Uh, In the meantime, we've also extensively researched uh, screening for prostate, lung, ovarian cancer, and we've also looked at trying to prevent cancer by dietary nutrients like calcium, aspirin, vitamin D, that sort of thing. Uh, Now, currently, breast, colorectal, and cervical cancer screening are are widely recommended. Lung cancer screening among smokers is is also becoming uh, very routine right now. So screening and prevention, uh, of course, along with uh, all the improvements that uh, people have made in treating cancer, uh, they've made a sizable dent in, in both the incidence of the disease, number of diagnoses, and deaths from the disease. So the, the rate of cancer diagnoses has fallen from a peak of about 500 per 100,000 people in, in 1991 in the U.S. to about 450 uh, in 2017. So that's a pretty sizable drop. Unfortunately, that drop is mostly driven by the drop in rates among men. Mm-hmm. Women's uh, rates have, have not declined uh, the way we would hope. But it's, it's important to note that screening has, has played a big role there. Now, it's always good to be thinking about cancer screenings, but certainly there's a lot of concern lately because a lot of folks have skipped their routine screenings because of concerns over the coronavirus and also because of financial hardships that makes it hard to pay the copay and get in to make the visit. Uh, so how has this pandemic impacted cancer screenings? Well, uh, unfortunately, it's led many people to avoid routine screening, uh, especially for cancer. Uh, this is driven in part by expert recommendations, but also, as you mentioned, a reluctance on the part of people to visit a doctor uh, due to potential exposure. Now, people who have health insurance don't have any co-pays, uh, so, so it's not a concern for them, but many people don't have insurance, and, and so they have to bear the cost, and so costs can also drive that, especially when people are out of work. So these factors have uh, affected all screening procedures. So delaying the diagnosis of cancer has real consequences for people's lives. Now, we haven't had any reliable data published since the middle of 2020. So it'll be interesting to see if the rebound that was uh, seen back in July of 2020 was sustained through the pandemic wave uh, at the end of uh, 2020, where 
as we all know, the, the rate of disease diagnoses and deaths uh, shot way up to October, November, December, and January. But I think it's important the listeners should be aware that for colorectal cancer screening, uh, it can be uh, performed at home using stool-based tests, such as the fecal immunochemical tests uh, or the stool DNA tests. People can do these tests at home. They can be mailed to kits. And then only if that test is positive do they then have to have a colonoscopy and visit a doctor. This would allow a lot of people to be screened without ever having to expose themselves to the risk of a visit to the doctor's office. For folks who have really not thought about cancer screenings at all uh, before, do you have any sort of good landmarks of what age you should start thinking about it and perhaps uh, by gender what, what cancers you should be getting screened for? Well, I uh, always, first of all, recommend that people talk to their physicians. Mm -hmm. For uh, colorectal cancer screening, it's now recommended that people over the age of 45 begin screening. And that can be colonoscopies, stool-based tests. And then for uh, breast cancer, uh, women uh, 40 and above should talk to their physicians, begin screening at that time. Uh, And then for cervical cancer, young adults, uh, 25 and above, should talk to their physicians about getting uh, screened. The primary method uh, recommended these days is HDV screening, but there's also the traditional uh, pap smear, which can be done. Uh, now, for colorectal cancer screening, the colonoscopies are done uh, every 10 years, uh, or the stool tests are done every year or every three years, depending on which type you use. For mammography, pretty much every year. And then for the, the cervical cancer screening, for the HPV test, it's every five years, and for the pap smear, it's every three years. And outside of these screenings, are there any best practices to try to limit the possibility of getting cancer as far as dietary or lifestyle habits? Yeah, we haven't found any magic bullets uh, for dietary, but it's generally true that the same things that prevent you from getting things like heart disease probably also reduce your chances for getting cancer. So that's exercise regularly. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a, a marathoner. But if you can exercise for 30 minutes a day for at least three days a week, eat a healthy diet, uh, eat you know fruits and vegetables as much as you eat meat or uh, potatoes, <laughs> try and limit high temperature cooked meat uh, to an occasional treat rather than eating it every day, and don't smoke. That's perhaps the most important thing for cancer prevention. Do not smoke. And then alcohol in moderation, uh, because that can cause uh, esophageal and other, other types of cancer. So, uh, and those are all good recommendations for remaining healthy in general. You know, you should do it for all those reasons, not just for cancer prevention. But if you do do it, uh, you'll reduce your risk for, for getting cancer. Well, Timothy Church, we really appreciate you taking some time out to chat about cancer prevention and cancer screenings. Timothy is a professor in the Division of Environmental Health Sciences of the University of Minnesota School of Public Health and a Masonic Cancer Center member. Timothy, I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday, and thank you so much for taking the time this morning. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for listening to Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Our producer is Anna Weggle, and our digital producer is Jay Gabler. Our theme music is a portion of the song FB1 Number 2 by Christian Bjorklund under the non-commercial Sharealike 3.0 international license. Head to thecurrent.org for more wellness content and great music.